Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Nerd Table. I am Chris, joined by my gentleman in crime. First, we have Eric. Hello, Eric. Hey, hey, gentlemen, huh? Okay, I like it. We're being dapper right now for the 45th episode. Hmm, professional. Speaking of dapper, it's Dapper Dan. I'm a dapper Dan man. I don't care about no pomade. The Dapper Dan's on Main Street, USA. Right, Eric? Oh, man. Disney stuff. We really do need to make <laughs> goddamn pattern familius. I like how we could just turn anything into a Disney thing. I That's a superpower, by the way. Yeah, you can... Is. I can t- I can turn anything into a Disney wrestling or Simpsons reference. Sometimes, all three. That's I the rare occasion. But. Have the ability to make anything sound dirty. <laughs> Everybody knows that it's a gift and a curse. That's that's a guy. That's just a guy thing. Tell me honestly that guys do not have dirty ass minds. Not dirty ass. Well, there that that solves that question right there. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is a very classy show for everybody to uh to tune into. And hey, speaking of shows, check out all the great content on CKCC Radio at CKCCRadio.com. Check out our wonderful partner podcasts like the United We Fan Podcast with Mark and Brian, also talking about the Disney stuff. Sick Minds of Matt and Eric, where they talk about, well, whatever they want to talk about, I guess. And <laughs> anime, video games, and that's about it, etc. <laughs> and, and miscellany. It, it's yeah. mostly just uh, rants and anime at this point. Sounds about right. Well, speaking of anime, our friend Dan has started his first ever watch of the Dragon Ball saga. I'm so excited. Finally, How's that going, it. by the way? I have finished the Emperor Pilaf saga. Nice. So where are you right now as far like what which episodes have you seen? Who have you met? And what are you thinking so far? I have not started the next part. So it ended with um, Biancha and Bulma are now dating because they realized they didn't need a wish to start Aww. fucking. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Not old enough at all. <laughs> yeah, she keeps on talking about she's a teenager. I think that's like an uh, age thing, right? I think that's the age of consent in Japan or something. I Sixteen, times. probably. Oh, yeah. uh, of, it's of different. Creeps in that show. Well, uh, so you've met you've met Oolong and seen what a creep he is. Yes. Oolong is like so. Yeah, Oolong saved the planet by requesting the world's most comfy p- uh, pair of underwear, <laughs> stopping Pilaf from becoming the ruler of the world. Yeah. So. For for people who aren't familiar with Dragon Ball, if you haven't really seen it, everybody knows it's a big action series, but the original Dragon Ball is also a comedy. Comedy adventure. 
It was comedy adventure, right. And then they didn't really switch over to more of an action focus until we got to Z, when we start learning more. Because Goku doesn't even know he's not really a human for the literally the entire saga of Dragon Ball. That is a Dragon Ball Z thing. Yeah. When they're just when you find out that he's actually not human. Right now, he's just a weird little boy with a tail that can transform during the full moon. And he can also whoop anyone's ass. Yes, that too. Well, he's whooped well, everyone's that, ass so far. <laughs> that theme also persists. Yeah, that never goes away, actually. <laughs> yeah, so Pilaf is actually the OG Dragon Ball villain. I actually kind of I like the, the, the idea with it because it kind of gives you in 13 episodes, it tells you exactly the entire center of the entire thing. It's right. P- people from all over the planet are trying to get the seven Dragon Balls for whatever reason it is. One person's reason is they want a boyfriend. One person's reason is they don't want to be awkward around girls. Another person's reason is they want to rule the world. Yes. Well, that's like the the main thing anybody wishes for in Dragon Ball is bad guys want either to rule or to be immortal. Yeah. And then good guys generally use it to bring their friends back to life when the bad guys kill them. I think it's funny because at, at a certain point, Frieza has the opportunity to, to wish for immortality. And uh, she's just like, nah, I'm OK without it, because what's the point of being alive forever if Goku's just going to kick my ass for the rest of my life? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, it's It's such a great show. And there's so much there's so much more to it. Now, Dragon Ball as a whole has its good arcs and its bad arcs, as with anything. You're going to get the Red Ribbon Army saga, which is a lot of fun. Although it is it is kind of lengthy. It is a pretty cool little saga. There's a lot of fun characters that come out of that. Uh, I do like the tournaments that you get because Goku's going to fight in three tournaments and meet all kinds of other villains who eventually become his allies the King Piccolo saga is the big one. That's when things actually get dark in Dragon Ball. And then eventually, Goku will grow up and you'll meet somewhat adult Goku at the end of Dragon Ball, which will lead you into Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But yeah, Dragon Ball's Dragon Ball's decent. There's a there's a lot of funny characters that you will meet along the way, but you probably won't ever see. Them. <laughs> you don't really see a lot of them again. And then there's a couple of them that are like staples in the show that just fade out in Z for whatever reason. Yes. My favorite thing about about Yamcha is in Dragon Ball Super when they have to assemble a team of 10 fighters to save the world. And he's convinced they're going to ask him at any moment to join their team and they never do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's so sad. I feel I feel for him. Uh, my favorite meme, though, is the one where they're wishing for Shenron. He's just like, oh, hey, Goku. Yeah, right. I'll go. I'll go bring Krillin back to life now. <laughs> yeah, Krillin, get Kr- get ready. for. Did you meet Krillin yet? I don't think you've no. met him this early on. No, no. Yeah. Krillin is ahead of Goku for a little while. But once Goku takes the lead, it never looks back. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fun show. It really is. It's a it's a great anime. It's popular. A, a lot of the characters are very well known in like the anime 
world and everything, and many of them are mainstream now. But I, I still say Z is the best, although I th- I do think Super is very good. Super does give Z a run for its money at times. But Dragon Ball is still very good, but compared to the other two, it is the weakest. But that's not a bad thing. It's still good. That's like saying that uh, Temple of Doom is the weakest of the three Indiana Jones movies. But there's four Indiana Jones movies. I'm talking about the trilogy. I still like it, but it's not as good as the other two. Still better than the fourth one. I don't hate the fourth one, but I get it. (laughs) But I totally get it. Well, today's theme on our show is going to be movies. We're going to do some Q&A about movies, and we're going to answer a top 10 challenge. This top 10 challenge was issued by my good friend, Megan. Megan is the only other person on the planet other than my wife who takes Animal Crossing as seriously as I do. And nobody else seems to do that anymore. Although Eric might have a different answer because he had to buy an entirely new Switch. Yeah, I ended up buying a Switch Lite because Rebecca is so obsessed with uh, Animal Crossing. But I did share that saga on this podcast a month or two ago. You did, yes. I did. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a saga, by the way. Hey, if you guys haven't heard that saga, go back and listen to our past episodes to hear Eric's adventures with the Switch. But it's okay. <laughs> and now we- I got my own. There you go. So, Megan, this ca- came up with a conversation we were having about Disney villains. And she wanted to know who our top 10 Disney villains are. So we're going to do the top 10 list, reveal our favorite Disney villains. Um, I focused on Disney and Pixar. Nothing. I, I still do not put Star Wars and Marvel in the Disney category. I believe that they are separate entities owned by Disney. I have Pixar villains on here, but Pixar and Disney are almost one in the same. Oh, especially the way Disney treats them. So my list focused that way, and I have a couple live action and a couple animated villains. That's the direction I went in. I know, Dan, I believe you tried to focus solely on Disney and also animated. I went all Disney animated. There you go. What about you, Eric? I did a combination. Uh, I wanted to do something that would, like, anger you a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> without Sephiroth. I knew I was waiting for Sephiroth <laughs> to show up on your list and I was uh, going to be so mad at you for that. <laughs> um, but I decided to go mainly Disney animated and Pixar. I, I wanted to try to throw in a game in there, but then I started thinking of other Disney villains and I was just like, ah, and I just ultimately I got pushed off to the side. It's like that you knew I was going to of all the people that were going to get called out, it would have been you because here's how these things work. Dan will take it super serial and set his own rules and fit those rules. And then there's you, Eric. (laughs) Well, this counts. (laughs) I mean, no, Darth Vader does not retroactively count as a Disney villain. Listen, I no, I'm not listening, damn it. I, I wanted to do this so bad. I'm not giving my list away, but I really wanted to be like, Aladdin is one of my favorite Disney villains, because technically he's a thief, which makes him a bad guy, even though he's not a bad guy. 
That would have actually been funny. <laughs> I would have laughed at that, actually. <laughs> Thanks, Zangief. <laughs> well, Aladdin's on here, then Elsa's on his list. Well, you know, she was supposed to be the villain. Then Wreck-It Ralph, well, he's the villain in his game. <laughs> I literally was doing a list entirely like that. Hey. I had like I had uh, uh what's his name? I had Aladdin, I had Captain Jack Sparrow. Like it, it literally I made a list of all good people who just happened to be bad in their like world. We should do a list of anti-heroes <laughs> at some point cuz there are a good number of those too. There's also yeah. probably another list that we could do is bad guys who wouldn't have done anything in the story if it wasn't for the hero doing something. Voldemort because because <laughs> I'm looking at the list, and everyone has Ursula in their top five. And I'm like, if it wasn't for Ariel, she'd have shit to do with that story. First off, yeah, Ursula's Ursula, not on my list. Ursula's not a bad person. Like, yeah, she did some shady things in there, but Ariel signed that contract. She knew exactly what she was giving up. Yeah, she did. Not even until the last five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So before we get to my list, because um, Ursula was going to be on it, the three big omissions on my list are Ursula, Jafar, and Scar. And there's a reason I don't have any of them on my list. They might appear on yours, so I'll wait to hear if those names come up, but and then I'll I'll give my points. But if any of those three are not on any of your list, tell me now so I can shit on them or shoot on them. Maybe both. I mean, you can One shit of them on them. Is not on my list. There, okay. Ursula is not. But that's on my Ursula, list. and we already, yeah, we already talked about her. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, well, you already, you already pretty much summed it up. Yeah, she's a cool character, but in the list of villains, she's not on. She's my just list. an outsider because the king doesn't like her brand of magic. Right. All right. So, how should we do this order? Who wants to go first this time? Well, I went first last time, so it's one of you two. All right, Eric. All right, I'll start this off with my number 10, Scar. Because nice. you don't get a name like Scar unless, like, like how the fuck do you get a name like that, first off? Because he's got a scar on his eye, obviously. Yeah, but was he born with that scar? Or was he just like, we should call him Scar, and like, why? And then the fucking father, like, put a scar across his eye? Like, that's why. I've actually <laughs> heard... <laughs> I've actually heard his real name is Ascari. Nah, I like Scar better. <laughs> so, Scar kills his brother, takes over, pretty much fucks his wife. Let's be real. <laughs> that's what that's what they do. Yeah, that's like he's an evil dick. That's why he's my number 5 or number 5, number 10. Um, yeah. These are not ranked in any particular order, except for my number two and my number one. That's fair. Okay. So here's why is Scar is not on my list. Scar is only cool for actually achieving one of his goals, which was to take over the kingdom by murdering the king. Scar is a lame-ass villain after that. He gets his power, and he just becomes pompous, aloof, and is a terrible leader. So he's awful. So screw him. Oh, I was, anybody want to defend him? Go no, for it. not nobody. There's no defense there. He's not the best evil guy. He's just an evil guy. 
Just everything he he, uh, said it was going to was going to happen didn't happen. Yeah, that's kind of the same reason why Jafar is not on my list, because he gains his power. He doesn't do anything with it. He just take he takes over the kingdom. But really, all he did was just take over the palace. He doesn't have the entire kingdom groveling at his feet. He just took over the palace. That's all he did. Some of these other villains uh, have some better things on them. All right, so my number 10 is from the great mouse detective, Professor Radigan. All right, this is my number 10 as well, so let's go. Oh, that's... I love it. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Okay, so Professor Radigan is on my list because A, Vincent Price, and B, he is just that right amount of comedic psychoticness, right? He's a funny villain, but he is downright insane. And it's kind of ballsy that they show him performing a mob hit on camera when he feeds the mouse to his to his cat hitman that he's got, his little rancor. And of course, he doesn't like to be calling a rat, even though his name's literally rat. His name is literally rat again. One so, of my yeah, favorite- and his thing is he wants to he's building a robot version of the mouse queen. So she can make him leader of the Mouse England. <laughs> like, oh my god, that, that works, right? <laughs> That's motivation there. Plus, I also love the fact that he's got that great villain song, and in the song they point to his portrait, and it's a it's a smug portrait of him. But then the lightning illuminates it, and he's grinning, like tooth grin instead of just regular smile. He's so evil. The portrait changes. So I love, yeah, Professor Radigan. Good pick, Dan. <laughs> so yeah, my number 10 was Professor Radigan. From right. And of course, Vincent Price. Yeah. All right. So let's circle back to Eric. Oh, okay. Uh, my number nine uh, from a very underrated Disney movie, in my opinion, and that is uh, from the Emperor's New Groove, Yzma. Yzma. I love Yzma. Isma and Kronk. Now, Isma is the bad guy, and Kronk is a bad guy, but you love fucking Kronk. Kronk's not really that much of a bad guy, though. He's just he's just a stooge. Yeah, he's a good example of a bad guy who wouldn't be bad if it wasn't for the other characters around him. Correct. But, <laughs> and uh, that's why I have to give it to Isma. Like, you know, just. I don't know. I, there, there's something about that character in that movie that was just fucking awesome. It was great. I love Yzma. She's a great villain. She doesn't make my list, but she would be an honorable mention because she's so great. I actually tried to focus on, like, villain villains. Not and, comical uh, villains? Well, I mean, I have I have one or two comedy villains on here, but they're still very evil. Yzma was never really that evil. She was just a bitch. But I still love her. So... Uh, yeah, so I'll give pull the lever, Kronk. Wrong lever. <laughs> and then and she comes the end- back, and there's the alligator eating her ass. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are into that sort of thing. Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> I love Yzma. Good, good choice. All right. So my number nine is going to be surprising because of where I put this person on the list, because you can argue that this person should be higher. 
And this is like the top Disney villain of all villains. And it's Maleficent. So Maleficent is not a personal favorite of mine, but I can't underestimate Maleficent's appeal as a villain. So I had to put her on the list and essentially she ended up in the number nine spot because I just like the other villains more than her. But that's not to take anything away from Maleficent. This is the ultimate pettiness right here. She goes completely insane because she didn't get invited to a birthday party. And I'm not saying she's right, but I'm saying that I understand. And who wasn't terrified of that dragon scene when they were a kid? Yeah. So that's and she is considered to be the top villain of villains. So that was enough to put her give her a spot on the list, but not enough to to rank her any higher. That's fair. And my only real complaint with Maleficent is that the rest of Sleeping Beauty is not that great of a movie. I mean, yeah, it's kind oh, of it's fucking boring. And it has not it. aged well. I, until until she actually fights Prince Philip, it's not that great of a movie. But otherwise, yeah, good, great character. All right, Dan. Movie that most people overlook and probably might not have even watched because this was it was like right before the resurgence, but it was important to me growing up, and that is Percival C. McLeach from the Rescuers wow. Down Under. Rescuers Down Under, yes, yeah, he, that guy was. He a wants dick. the he wants the eagle, and the kid and the eagle have a bond, so he fucking abducts a kid. Yeah, that's and called evil. To put yeah. over how evil he is, he sings Home on the Range, but he changes the lyrics to where the critters are tied up in chains and all kinds <laughs> of stuff like that. So you know he's a bad guy. He is a bad guy. Yeah, don't sleep on the Rescuers movies. Both of them, actually. They're pretty good. And each one has a villain who kidnaps a kid. Yes. For a completely different reason, but... Yeah, Great movie. Good choice. Yeah. I really want to like go back and just rewatch The Rescuers. It's been so long. Do it, dude. I, I think they're underrated movies. I wonder, is it on Disney Plus? They got to be on Disney Plus. They're all on Disney Plus now. Okay. I'll, I'll watch it at some point. Uh, are, you, are you back to me? Back to my number eight? We are. Uh, the Evil Queen. Snow White. Nice. Just because, I mean, it literally, I I like jelly because someone's hotter than her in the kingdom. <laughs> like it's literally the ultimate jealousy. Like what the fuck? Hey, mirror, who's got the best ass? Well, this Snow White girl that just showed up, she got ass for days. Oh my god! Can we have like a hood version of Snow White? And the seven dwarves, please. <laughs> this, oh my, oh my gosh. I mean, we have that with the that movie with what's her, <laughs> but that was like about college or whatever. So yeah, oh, no. What, when what's the opposite of Snow White? Well, you know. <laughs> oh man, something black. Black as midnight. <laughs> midnight black. Um. Just- <laughs> yeah. So when we're thinking like classic Disney villains a lot of people think Maleficent for whatever reason the first villain that pops to me like to mind for me is the evil queen and that's just because 
I never really saw Sleeping Beauty, uh, but I did see Snow White. Yeah, Snow White's a classic. That's yeah. a great movie, too. And you know what? It's still for the 1930s. It still holds up very well because it's it's all it is is a fairy tale. Yeah, just don't listen to like you need to clean up the audio for it because holy shit, the audio recording is pretty bad. It, it was it, 1930s, Eric. I mean, Jeez. I get it. Just like remaster that shit, please. Hitler was still alive, right? The old wax cylinder. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Now that yeah, that's a good villain. Plus, that's the OG villain. That's the original Disney movie villain. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a good choice. All right. For my number eight, I went with one of the first instances of a Disney twist villain, which is actually Pixar, and that's Stinky Pete the Prospector from Toy Story 2. Now, Toy Story 2 has a couple of villains in it. You've got you got Big Al, Big Al Weird Al, Al Borland, who, you know, I... I, I He's he's evil because he takes the toy. All he does is steal a collectible that the lady wouldn't haggle with. He's actually not a bad guy in real life. He's just a jerk. And then, of course, you have Emperor Zerg, but that's, you know, that's a pre-programmed villain. The Zerg toy shows up. The Zerg toy. But Stinky Pete is the real villain. And that was a twist villain that I did not see coming. And I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. All of a sudden, Stinky Pete's out of the box and he's shutting the grate and you find out he was behind everything. And then when he does that rant about, let me tell you what's not fair. I spent my life on a dime store shelf. He goes full Sideshow Bob because Kelsey Grammer dug out Sideshow Bob for that part and you can't unhear it. And as soon as he turns, he's the, you know, he's the nice, kind, kind old man on on the TV show. He was a big goofball, right? And then it turns out he's the villain. You didn't see it coming, and what a great villain he turned out to be. Stinky Pete, my number eight. Okay. My number eight now? Um, mine is theme from the last one. It's Madame Medusa from the first Rescuers movie. <laughs> ah, yes. So why do you put her over McLeach? What's the what's the difference that gives her the the arc there? Because it's a very similar plot line. Oh, I mean, it's clear because she she kidnapped them first. <laughs> She's the first kidnapper. <laughs> her movies from from fifteen to twenty years earlier. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, and she kidnaps a girl because she needs her to fit into a hole to go and get an ancient burial, an ancient buried treasure. <laughs> Also, I yep. kind of like that her uh, minions better than McLeach because McLeach had like the, the egg eater, uh, big lizard, and hers like she's got the um, the eels. Her eels are, just felt a little more overtly evil. Blossom and Jetsum. Yeah. Now that's a little more Blossom and Jetsum. Nah, I get, yeah, I get it. Plus, you know what? She kidnapped the kid to be part of her diabolical scheme. The other guy kidnapped the kid so he could get the creature. But the kid wasn't going to really factor in. He was just doing that as bait. She actually kidnapped a child because to, to put the child in danger. Not to use his bait. So she I would actually argue. the devil's eye, I mean. Yeah. So I would I would say that she works better as that as the villain. Good choice. All right, Eric, we're back to you, bud. Number seven is 
Randall from Monsters Inc. Ah, I love Randall. Uh, Steve I, Buscemi is the voice, and yeah. we we get a lot of great villain voices out of some of our picks too. Yeah, but I I, I there's just something about Randall, and then getting his backstory in uh, in. Oh shit! What, what's the previous Monsters University? University. Yeah, there we go. Monster University. Oh my god, it was so great knowing that he was this this innocent like thing. Look, I made them cupcakes. (laughs) But the cool kids invited him to their club, and in order to do that, he had to turn on his friends. So that's what he did. Freaking Nathan Fillion as the frat leader. Hey, you guys want to come hang out with the cool kids? We're the Omega Roars. <laughs> and then it, it gave a purpose to his little squint. It was because he can't fucking see. <laughs> oh, yeah. When he takes off his glasses, he just starts squinting. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I always loved. Uh, you think this is still about that stupid scare record? Well, I did right up until you talked to me like that. So uh, I think I'm going to go. <laughs> Yeah, Rand- Randall's a cool character. I like Randall. All right. You ready for my number seven? Yep. So we're going to do a live action villain this time. Oh, okay. From Tron Legacy, the evil version of good old Clue. Good old Clue, yeah. what's I- I'm blanking on... The actual character's name now. Not Clue, but the... Oh, the character Clue's based on? Yes. Tron Legacy. The worst thing about Tron is Tron is his freaking friend's avatar. Kevin Flynn. There we go. I was like, I had the Kevin in my head, but I couldn't think of it yet. Okay, yeah. Kevin Flynn is... it's It's his avatar, and it goes rogue formulates its own plan its own plan so it can get out into the real world into the user's world and that's all of his master plan and he does this by kidnapping his son but yeah alan bradley's his avatar was tron and he turns tron evil so i I had to go it I want. I thought about master the master control program and everything, but the master control program was just the giant floating head that made threats and everything. Clue actually had the ability to be real. If he had succeeded, he could have caused a lot of issues. But thankfully, that did not come to be. But yeah, that's. I love the Tron movies so much. I need to go and back. Yes, and watch that the includes original. the sequel. It's so good. It's so good. And that the program they used for it was a program that was used to to do 3D designs for houses. It's how they actually animated that movie. Yeah, go back and watch. Go back and watch the Tron movies. They're so good. So there you have it. Clue. Plus, let's be honest. Tron Legacy is the sexiest looking movie ever made. Good. Looks so All right. All right, Dan. My number seven is Lady Madonna Tremaine. Mm, What a bitch. What a bitch. What a bitch. I I read this somewhere 
that Lady Tremaine is the perfect example of a villain who made the most with the little that she had to control, which was literally just one person, right? It's literally, all I can do is make this one person's life trash. And But she does it so well. She does it so well. The evil stepmother. Because her, cause her own daughters Anastasia look like feet. And, Dr- and Drizella. <laughs> they look like feet. <laughs> so. <laughs> God Gross. forbid this pretty girl. Gross. Pretty girl is successful. Yeah. This pretty girl who's her brother and or sister's child. Plus, plus we, we know the other characters are evil. She's not evil. She's just a bitch. And she's got the best resting bitch face ever. Just look at Lady Tremaine's face anytime she turns her nose up at Cinderella and tell me you don't want to just slug her. Just slug that old woman right in the face. Good choice. Yeah. Great. Great movie, too. Of the of the OG princess movies, I think Cinderella is my favorite one. That's the one that has the most going on during the whole thing. Yeah. Because, like, Sleeping Beauty, like, I'm the Sleeping Beauty watching that thing. Like, <laughs> what happened? And at least How Snow what? White has long periods of time where it's just her chilling with the dwarves, and you're just like, okay, next part, please. Sleeping with seven men at once. Uh. <laughs> Plus, Cinderella's got the mice. Yeah. And I was always a big fan of the mice. And yeah, Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day, it's Cinderella. All right, so what are we on? Mine number six? Your number six. So my number six, I had to bring this one up because I went and saw the movie at the movie theaters recently. And that is the uh, Cruella, Cruella DeVille. Ah. I have to put her at number six because of the new movie. I have not seen the new movie yet. Emma Stone. That's all I got to say, man. I've heard. Well, I've heard mixed things. It is but. mixed. It is mixed things. But damn, I, I'd still do terrible things to Emma Stone. God <laughs> 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 damn. Even her playing a crazy person. I'm just like, ooh, why am I attracted to this? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I'm discovering things about myself. That- no, I already knew I was attracted to crazy people. It's fine. <laughs> you, you've, Dude, seen, I love- you've seen my record. <laughs> I have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seen a couple firsthand. Dude, so Cruella DeVille wants to skin puppies. That's all I have to say to, to put her on a villain list. She wants to kill 101 dogs to make one outfit for herself. Yes. Puppies. Not even dogs, but puppies. That's even worse than killing dogs. If there's something worse than killing dogs, it would be killing baby dogs. Well, then with 99 puppies, and then two adult dogs. And then killing them. It's kidnapping them. It, so, I'm not crazy about the live-action 101 Dalmatians, but I absolutely love that <laughs> Jasper and Horace are played by Dr. House and Arthur Weasley. Oh, they're, my God. They're, they're the best part of the live-action one. That, yeah. And that makes me so happy. Have you seen it, Dan? Of the, the original live action, the, the 101 Dalmatian live action that came oh. out in the 90s, yes. Oh, uh, okay. Not New Cruella. I will watch it on these, uh, August 27th when it becomes free on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Yeah, I'll watch it then, too. It's it's not terrible. 
I know there's a lot of mixed things. I don't recommend spending money to go see it. But, like, <laughs> it's not terrible. I looked it up. <laughs> August 27th. Was when yeah. Be. All right. I like Cruella. Plus, I, that's that was my... Uh, my one of my favorite Disney movies growing up was 101 Dalmatians. So uh, every everything that happened to her, she deserved. What a jerk! Alrighty, should we do my number six? Should be yes. Should be a fun one because no one gets on Disney lists like Gaston. Oh. No one dominates the list like Gaston. So I love Gaston as a villain because this is the first time Disney flipped the script. The villain wasn't some monster. It was actually the handsome guy. He was just an arrogant a-hole. Who was like, oh, no, Belle's going to marry me, obviously, because I'm the most eligible bachelor in town. So I'm going to go ahead and toss in my number five because it's also Gaston. Okay. well, there you go. I was like, well, well we I can't I can't just do this and wait for Dan to go around just for me to come back and say, yeah, Gaston. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, well, also I'll talk. Toss in. Yeah. So what, why, why is he on your list then? For that same reason. It was just kind of like, hey, you know, it, it the monster is actually the good guy. And then like the the good looking guy is actually the bad guy. So like I, he was kind of just a he's such a, a bro. He's a bro. <laughs> It's a bro, yeah. Freaking Gaston. Yeah, but always going to be a a personal favorite of mine. All right, let's do Dan's number six. My number six is the Queen of Hearts. Off with their heads. She's essentially a child. Yeah, basically, because she doesn't get her way. She just chops people's heads off. Like nothing like... And she's always just in the slightest thing. It's like, no, yeah, you're no, no more head. Bye bye. <laughs> no more head. Bye bye. Oh, you didn't paint the flowers the right color off with their heads. Yeah. The second you piss her off, you get decapitated. That's it. Uh, good choice. So, Eric, your number five was Gaston. Yep. For all okay. the reasons we mentioned so, before. <laughs> all right. So my number five is one of the more modern Disney villains, but I was captivated by this villain the first time I saw him. And that was Dr. Felicier from Princess and the Frog. Again, this is another one where I can just mention the voice actor and be done with it. Keith David. That's all you have to know. So at this point in Disney's resurgence, we had a lot of twist villains and a lot of lame villains, right? And then they finally give us a cell-shaded animated movie, and you know he's the villain from the second you see him. That's all you needed. And as he's a voodoo man, he's a trickster. And even though there's some similarities to Enchanted with the prince and everything and having the minion, this guy just uses his voodoo magic to get his way. And everything falls apart when he realizes he can't pay the price. And they are like, well, screw it. We need a soul. Take his. Great villain song. Great atmosphere. Great character. Great voice actor. Great villain. 
I don't remember that movie. I remember going to see it. I just don't remember the movie. It's unfortunate. Well, guess what else is on Disney Plus? There's too many things I need to see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's Dan's number five? My number five is Jafar. So I said why I what didn't put him on my list, but why is he on yours? Think about all the stuff he did to try to just get inside the Cave of Wonders. I'm wondering yeah. all, the, all the people he sent that got spit back out. What he does to manipulate Aladdin, what he does to manipulate the princess, what he does to manipulate and even to the point of like hypnotizing the sultan. Also, he you're so old. <laughs> That's my favorite part when the Sultan breaks his own spell, <laughs> just to call him out for that. Ugh, yeah, that's he is a good villain. He just wasn't worthy for my list. I, I will snootily sp- state that. Well, we but we got the best comical villain out of it, which is Iago. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, his like, you know, he goes to the point where he wants so much power that he gets tricked into becoming a genie. I think it's time to say goodbye to Prince Abubu. Have any of you watched the show on, on the Disney Channel? The Aladdin show? Yeah. I've seen a couple. I've actually seen all of it. Oh, man. Is there, an, is there a good ending to it or is it just a canceled show? The ending to it is the third movie. Aladdin and the Prince of Thieves or, or the King of Thieves or whatever. Okay. It literally bookends because it ends with the genie back in his human form singing Arabian Nights to close the story. That's actually... Those are the only Disney sequels that I liked were the Aladdin sequels. Return of Jafar and King of Thieves. You know what? Because most Disney sequels were... Guess what? You have a kid now, and she's doing the exact same dumb shit as you did. Yeah. Return of Jafar was literally, hey, Jafar's still alive. What if he came back? My favorite part of Return of Jafar is when they're like, hey, remember Jafar? Oh, yeah, he was really evil. Yeah, yeah, that was really, really bad. And they're just trying to get Iago to be to for them to accept Iago's return. And then the genie's like, yeah, and Iago, don't forget about him. He was awful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, the funny thing is Iago is here. <laughs> well, well, about that. <laughs> uh, yes. Good stuff. All right, your number four, Eric. My number four is Lotso. What a scumbag. Ah, uh, I put him in the timeout chair. Can never forgive Lotso. No hug for him. Andy, now. Ed, but he got what he deserved. Yeah. And then they they ended up making a whole bunch of Lotso plushes, too, after the fucking movie. I'm just like, God, this is terrible. Well, I'm sure other Lotsos were kind, right? Yeah, but like, yeah. Don't name the doll Lotso, then. They can't all be Lotso. (laughs) 
Uh, Eric, the weather by your place is looking great right now. There was a tornado warning in effect for an, a county north of you. I saw, saw saw that on the Twitter machine. Yeah, we've been having some pretty bad storms lately. Yeah, so have we. Nothing that bad, thankfully, but we've been having some bad stuff, too. Yeah, I had yes. the upstairs. Uh, we got uh, like window AC units, and one of them apparently... I don't know. I, I guess I didn't hook it up correctly. So when it rained, it rained sideways and it came in through the window and flooded the upstairs. Ugh. Yeah. So Final, real quick. Try. Um, sorry. I, I wanted to point out on uh, regarding Lotso. The thing is, the only thing that I didn't like about the character was that I knew he was going to be the villain. Once you start learning that the rest of the daycare, there's something going on there. I'm like, well, Lotso's going to become part of this. You just know it's he is. And then, of course, he does. And I'm like, yep, who didn't see that coming? What I didn't expect was how horribly he would turn on everybody else. Just let the toys get incinerated. You got what you deserve, sir. Good pick. All right, you guys ready for my number four? Let's do it. So... This is technically a live-action villain, but the villain himself is not live-action. It's Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Tell me that that wasn't one of the best villains ever made. That is really fucking good. Yeah. Christopher (laughs) Lloyd in a crazy role. And the, the twist is that he's actually a toon. He was responsible for all those deaths. And when he takes the goggles off and he does the crazy eyes and he starts doing the hyper voice. Like when you're a kid, that's terrifying. It was a horrifying character. Yeah. In those last five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you okay. remember, Eddie, when I killed your brother, I sounded like this. Yeesh. And his eyes were like the, the crazy hypnotized circle. The crazy hypnotized eyes. Yeah. Then I saw a picture of Christopher Lloyd on set without the animated eyes and the animated eyes make him look less terrifying. So let's just keep it and stick with that. Christopher Lloyd's really good at looking crazy. That's his normal look. That's like his resting look. See future comma back to the. Yeah. You see about everything he did. It was like, holy shit. He's the only reason I saw that awful piranha movie. Piranha 3D. Was he in that? Yeah, that's the only reason I actually sat down and watched that pile of crap. And he's not even in it that much. Dude, I always, I loved Christopher Lloyd's guest spot on The Big Bang Theory. Eric, did you ever see that one? No. So after Sheldon moves out, he's being, he's being scummy to Leonard and Penny. So he rents out his room because it's paid up for the end of the month and rents it to Christopher Lloyd, who's playing this crazy hobo he fed on down the street. So they just walk into their apartment. He's just in there. They're like, can we help you? He's like, oh, I don't think so. But you're very kind for asking. (laughs) Just making a sandwich. (laughs) Sheldon's like, yep, I'm renting it into my apartment for a dollar a day a night. He's like, it's like I'm in the 40s again. (laughs) Jeez. Just just a quick guest spot, but it works so much because it's Christopher Lloyd. I have a Christopher Lloyd story that ties into pro wrestling. Well, specifically Chris Jericho when he was in Japan. Dan, do you know this story? 
Christopher Lloyd to do with Jericho in Japan? So Jericho and his friend Luther met, saw Christopher Lloyd at a bar in Japan. Really? And, and they were all excited. And Luther's like, he's famous. I'm going to go pick his pockets <laughs> to see if he can get Is some money. <laughs> and he got all he got was a dry cleaning receipt. And then he's like, screw this. I'm going to go talk to him. So Jer- so Jericho looks over and they're like, they're actually having a good conversation. And he's all pissed off. He goes, how come my friend hasn't invited me over here to meet this guy? So he decides to jump in anyway. And he's like, uh, and I, he says something like, uh, Oh, yeah, he says something like, oh, 88 gigawatts. What are we going to do, Doc? And he just looks at him disgusted. He goes, first of all, do you know how many people do that impression when they come over to me? Second of all, it's 1.21 gigawatts, you idiot. (laughs) Jericho's like, oh, he's like, I got to salvage the situation. So how how long you been in Japan? He's like, too long. And just turns around from him and (laughs) ignores him the rest of the night. (laughs) So if you meet Christopher Lloyd in a bar, do not do your Doc Brown impression in front of him because it will not impress him. But apparently if you're but apparently if you're cool to him, because they actually called like Luther's brother back in the back in Canada and talked to him. He's like, he got him to get him to talk to his freaking brother. Well, next time, don't be a fanboy. I I I told you I could I told you I could pull a wrestling story out of anywhere. Yeah, that's that is true. Yeah, just wait. Simpsons is coming next. I'll get a Simpsons reference on this show somewhere where you're you're, you're least expecting it. But yes, uh, so yeah, Judge Doom. Uh, Dan, who you got for number four? Captain James Bartholomew Hook. Yes, I love Captain Hook. On an island in the middle of nowhere that is filled with children. There is this one man and a skeleton crew aboard a pirate ship. Being stalked endlessly by a crocodile that's swallowed an in a long claw. And an octopus, <laughs> yes. So that's my what he does, is he tries to terrorize a group of young children. <laughs> but when the crocodile shows up, he turns into the biggest coward. He's also a perfect example of a villain super codependent on his minion. How many times in that movie does he just scream, Smee! Save me, Smee! Yeah. (laughs) But I love Captain Hook. That's a great villain. Such a great villain. All right. Oh, God. Here we go. Let's do it. Top three. Top three. So, like I said, my list was no particular order except for the last two. The last two are, like, I I generally feel like these are the best villains. But okay. I had to put Hopper on here from Bugs Life. That's a good pick. Because if you think of, like, all the, like, fucked up shit in Bugs Life and Hopper. Because he doesn't need the food. They they reveal that in the movie when they're in that they're in like that Mexican sombrero. Yeah. And they're just like, we don't need the food. We're just doing it to show them that we've got power. Because if they figure out that they can take us down, then our way of life will no longer be easy. So they're going to let the entire colony starve to death. Just to be selfish when they don't have to be. Hopper's a good villain. 
I'm not a personal fan of Bugs Life that much, but I do think that people shouldn't sleep on that movie. I think it's unfortunate that DreamWorks came out with Ants the same year and Ants is a better movie. <laughs> it actually is. That's is. one of the times where DreamWorks wins. Ants is a really good movie, but yeah. Plus, it's Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey's the villain. So it makes sense, right? He's such a good villain. He turned out to be a real life one. <laughs> that That's the real switch right there. Yeah. Like, holy shit. But Kevin I absolutely Spacey. love that. I love Dennis Leary playing Francis, the ladybug, who everybody mistakes as a woman. And Shoe he always fly. just gets. Don't bother me. Shoe fly, don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very, very good. All right. For my number three. I have selected the Emperor of the Underworld, Hades. James Woods as Hades. The pinnacle of comedy villains. That movie's hysterical, by the way. Disney's Hercules. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's so freaking funny. They get so many good jabs in. It, and it's even funnier if you actually know some Greek mythology <laughs> and you can catch all of the little stuff they throw in. But yeah, it's it is a great movie. And it has one of the best villains. First of all, Hades is uh, with the exception of someone like Chernabog from Fantasia. Hades is the pinnacle of villains because he's literally the ruler of the underworld. You don't get much more darker than that. It was unfortunately so, that was in the group of ones that were still good, but I was too old at that point. Like by the time I watched Pocahontas, I was like, yeah, I'm done with this kid stuff. Uh, that is unfortunate because Hercules is. And then, and then, out, then out came like Hunchback and Hercules and Tarzan. Mulan, like right Tarzan, yeah. Mulan and Tarzan was where I hit that same patch, because that would have been the age difference between us. It would have been about the same age. And that was the first one where I was like, I don't know about Disney movies anymore. And now, of course, I'm obsessed with them. Yeah, I think Mulan was about mine as well. I guess. Yes. Uh, does anybody dislike Hades as a villain? That's the bigger question. No. Are there people out there who actually don't like Hades? I'm sure I, they exist. I believe Hades should have his own show. There's just something about <laughs> his charisma. He's so charismatic for being an evil villain that you can't help but like just like if I needed a book to be read, I want him to be like reading that book. Like you I know people James say as as Hades, as Hades as to Hades. read me. Could you imagine <laughs> him reading you like the the Harry Potter audiobook? And, the and have him add were, his have him add the his own were normal. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Yeah, exactly. he's just having his own little commentary in there. Yes, it'd be fucking perfect. He could do that for any book, and it'd be so much better. Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Asked Dumbledore calmly. Hey, watch the movie. He ain't calm. <laughs> that would be, you could just see Hades just. Oh. So I, 
The best thing is that Hades love or uh, James Woods love playing Hades so much that he will voice Hades in everything. What even when it was like the TV show or Kingdom Hearts or something, wherever Hades appears, he'll provide the voice. I mean, it seems like a is a fun fucking role. Uh, boom, bada boom, boom, boom. And he, he's a smooth talker. He really is. <laughs> yeah, it's the best part. Whoa, is my hair up? My favorite, I think one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie is when he unleashes the Titans and as they're rampaging, he just goes, hey, guys, uh, Olympus would be that way. And they just freeze and then they start screaming for Zeus again as they turn around. Because <laughs> you got to imagine that Hades dealt with a lot of bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, yeah, he wasn't dealing with winners. <laughs> Plus, he's got some of the best comedy minions of all time in Pain and Panic. They're hysterical. Like when he's freaking out because they're wearing Hercules merchandise. <laughs> I thought they made me look dashing. Bobcat Goldwith. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I'm glad we can all geek out over Hades a little bit, but we got to hear Dan's number three. My number three is Cruella DeVille. Yes. Yes. Because she wants to murder 99 puppies. Just so she yeah. could have a fancy polka dot outfit. You're having fashion problems. I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 puppies and this coat ain't one. Could have killed the puppies. Da, 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 da. Sorry, it's catchy. The, the, the Simpsons episode is friggin' brilliant. See, we can pull a Simpsons reference out of this. <laughs> do you have you ever seen that one, Eric, where they do the, the parody of 101 Dalmatians? Uh, no, I have not. Santa's little helper. And another greyhound give birth to 25 puppies and Burns kidnaps them so he can turn them into a coat. And he and does he has a song and dance number, but it's to be our guest, though, because they do all the Disney spoofs in one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's about all of the fashion items in his closet that he's turned. He's created from animals. Jesus, that sounds terrible. Yes. <laughs> like my loafers, former gophers. It was that or skin my chauffeurs. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then after he does the song, it cuts to Bart and Lisa and Bart's singing along with it. And Lisa yells at him. He's like, sorry, but it's a catchy tune. All right. Great freaking movie. Number two. Number two is Syndrome. Well, my number two is Syndrome. So (laughs) let's combine this one. (laughs) I mean, if we're all special, then no one is. Let's say, like, this kid held on to this grudge for so long that he called in supers one at a time so they'd learn how to defeat them just so he can get payback on Mr. Incredible. On one superhero, the one he was looking for. Holy shit. He he murders a lot of people, too. He's got a huge body count. Yeah. And what a great villain for a superhero movie, right? Like... 
the fanboy who got ignored and couldn't take it anymore turns against his hero and decides to dismantle the entire notion of superheroes all because he got shunned when he was a kid. You know, well, buddy, I never meant to hurt you. Oh, yeah. Now you're only sorry because I'm a threat to you. That's the only reason you respect me. And all the cliches. Oh, you caught me monologuing, you sly dog. (laughs) And he meets his end all because of something that Edna warned everyone about. She said, no capes. We should have saw that he was the villain right uh, from the beginning because he's a redhead. And we all know Mm -hmm. that redheads don't have souls. Hey, Katie. You know, Katie and Susie are listening to this, right? Hey. I did that specifically for Katie. <laughs> Sorry, it's amazing Susie. She's still, it's amazing that she's still friends with us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you tagging her in pictures of clowns. Oh, you saw that. Oh, yeah. I guess you. Ta- you it was your picture. That was my picture. You tagged her. <laughs> Jerk. Oh, can't sleep. Clown will eat me. Yes, Syndrome. And can we please talk about how Syndrome is voiced by Jason Lee? Could you come up with a more perfect comic book villain than and have them voiced by anyone else other than Jason Lee? Seriously. I, I thought everything was fucking perfect about it. I The only thing that I personally don't like is the way he went out because of the cape. But that I think that's the point. He had to have the cape. That makes like uh, that makes Edna the hero, really, but not re- not really. Uh, no? the Edna stuff, like really break it down because like chances are she designed all those people with capes, and sh- and her design is what killed them, which is why she doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, dude, and that's another thing about about Syndrome is like when he realizes that. He realizes just how useless Mr. Incredible is. He's going to kill his assistant. And he's like, you couldn't even do that. At the time when he thought his family was dead, he still couldn't do it. And he's like, yep, you're weak. You have nothing left to lose and you're still weak. And it's like, man, he even kicks him when he's down. What a great villain. I'm geeking out over it. You hit behind the bones of another super. Like, that is dark, dude. <laughs> It's so dark. Uh, you married Elastigirl and got busy. Good pick. Yeah, Syndrome's number two on my list. Let's find out who Dan's got. Number two, Scar. Because he actually succeeds with his goal. Yeah, no. He's a shit ruler, but he does he does win and, the day. And he even pins it on his nephew to get him out of the way too at the same time. Like, holy shit. (laughs) Hey, just like Hades, Scar has to deal with his minions failing to kill somebody that he sent them to kill, then they didn't do it. Also, like, what if, when I become king, what does that make you? He's like, a monkey's uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy Irons, man. Oh, he's, yeah, he's so good. All right, should we do our number ones then? Yep. Eric, who's the best Disney villain of all time? The in best, your eyes, in my eyes, it is 
Hades. Yeah, it was Hades. So he's your number one. He's my number one. He's perfect. He's just he's got the right amount of evil, the right amount of comedy. He's he flips the script from like serious to like smooth to like just okay, okay. I need to calm down just a little bit, and then you know just that serious but not so serious type of thing. I don't know. To me, perfect villain. Perfect villain. Does he succeed? No, not at all. But I mean, n- no, no one on our list really, really succeeded. They all failed at the end. <laughs> hey, what you know is it's a small underworld after all. Yeah. If I get our soul back, we'll trade places. Oh, is there a downside to this? I'm not seeing. Oh wait, wait, wait! I forgot to mention you're gonna be dead before you get there. I hope that's not a problem. <laughs> I know he's such a smart ass. I love it. He, he is. A, he is a fantastic villain. Yeah. Love that villain. All right. So my number one, I've talked about this on past episodes before. So anyone who's been paying attention won't be surprised by this. But my favorite Disney villain is Judge Claude Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, to summarize what I've said before, the most beautifully animated Disney movie with one of the most evil villains in it who doesn't have any actual power. Not like superpower or anything like that. No superhuman strength or anything. He's just he's just he's real. He's a real villain because he's a corrupt public official who thinks he's doing right when he's actually being really, really bad. But he doesn't see it that way. And he has the best villain song. And he's voiced by Tony J, Broadway actor, distinctive voice, and is just a perfect villain from my favorite Disney movie. So there you have it, Judge Claude Frollo. Any comments on him before we move on? No, Frollo's good. I figured he was going to be number, number one. one. I really did. Yeah, I. well, if you were paying attention, you <laughs> would have seen that one coming, but that's okay. It's like it's like when if I tell if I mentioned that The Incredibles was my favorite Pixar movie, I've already mentioned it. So it's not a secret, but it's my favorite Pixar movie, which is why Syndrome is my number two villain. My number one Disney villain is Gaston Legume. <laughs> he is such a great character. He really, he really is, is a date rape bro. Date rape dude bro Holy shit Can you read this thing There's no pictures in it He shoots off a blunderbuss In the pub (laughs) In the middle While everyone's there Like holy shit Yeah Plus I'm on the villains wiki And they all have the list of crimes and his is long enough that you actually have to um, scroll. Really? That's awesome. Abuse, attempted murder, poaching, conspiracy, blackmail, vandalism, fraud, stalking, treason, incrimination, unlawful imprisonment, animal cruelty, theft, incitement to riot, sexual harassment, torment, breaking and entering, attempted regicide, arson, attempted forced marriage arrangement. Yes. And again, this is 
just the best hunter in town. <laughs> he doesn't have any special powers. He's just the most manly man in town, and he's a douche. That'll do it. All right. Honorable also, mentions. He, he eats three dozen eggs because he's roughly the size of a barge. Yeah, I did my honorable mentions already, so go ahead. Uh, Charles Muntz from Up. Yeah. F that guy. What a jerk. That one's so weird because it like the movie's halfway over and you're like, is there a bad guy in this movie? <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure the bad guy is depression in this movie <laughs> because good God. <laughs> uh, and Darla from Finding Nemo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get a fishy. That's another realistic villain because she's just a hyperactive kid. Shakes the bad until nope. the fish is dead. And we all know that's the real villain in life. All right, there you have it. The top 10 Disney villains. We have presented them. Thank you for the top 10 challenge. To keep up with the movie theme of this week's show, I'm going to turn it over to our Q&A segment. I asked for movie-themed questions. So let's see what the group came up with. From friend of the show, Jeff Trelowitz. Disney cohort, podcast host, published author. What movie bad guy do you think was correct in their actions? So this is a villain who was technically right. And he gives a really good example here. Principal Edward R. Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Because, yeah, the guy was just trying to do his job. Yeah, he took it a little too far with breaking and entering. As soon as he left the school, he was in the wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to do his job, though. So who's a what's a villain that you think was right? I've got one. Pamela Voorhees. Yeah, you know what? You deserve to get murdered, you sex crazed teenagers. You did let her son drown because you were inattentive. She's right. Yeah, but there's the thing like we're going to be like, I understand. And then you take the turn to murder everybody. And then I'm no longer on your side. <laughs> um, my person is, I've said it before, I'm pretty sure. Ozymandias? Yes. <laughs> Ozymandias, yeah. I've seen, that comes up on a lot of people's lists, too. He's right, though. Like, if you think about it, they were, uh, he did kill a lot of people. But if he didn't do that, even more people would have died. Yes. Hey, I got one. How about Magneto? Magneto is always right. You can't. <laughs> Magneto's can you not really. A, he's not a bad guy. He's right. But can you really argue with his motivations? No, of course not. I can't argue with anybody who's gone through the Holocaust and says humanity needs to die. <laughs> Like, okay, yeah. All right, and you got the power to do it. Cool. Way to go, guys. <laughs> so this is another one that and you can you can go back and uh, you can go through Wicked and Oz the Great and Powerful for the backstory, but you don't even need that. The Wicked Witch of the West was justified 
from just the Wizard of Oz alone because Dorothy killed her sister and stole her shoes. I'd be pissed too. I guess I'm just saying. I'd that be makes Dorothy the bad guy? Te- technically speaking, yeah. Even though it's not her fault? I mean, it was an accident, I guess. You know what? Going back to Disney, I think we can make an argument that Syndrome was right in his actions. Because he's trying to he's trying to eliminate unchecked power. From his point of then view, we get he's right. That Lex Luthor versus Superman thing. Right? Right. There's this all-powerful being from another planet that's trying to tell us how to live our lives. And is physically getting involved. Yeah. With his superpowers. Yeah, yeah. I got nothing. I think uh, I've got I've got one more, uh, and that would be Poison Ivy in general. Poison Ivy is literally trying to save the planet, and is taking out all the rich assholes who are ruining it. How the hell is she the villain in that story? She's literally like Captain Planet, but more toxic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's not the villain. 100% not the villain. Do you want to know why on. she's the villain? Because she kills people. No I mind. mean, good people kill people all the time. But <clears throat> you, you got to remember, in history, right, the winners get to write the uh, the history books. So she just lost. That's all. Because had she won... She would have made she would have made it look like she was the hero and she saved the planet. Yeah. What about well, wait, what what differs her from Swamp Thing, right? Like because they essentially want the same thing. Yeah. But Swamp Thing's a hero and she's a villain. Yeah. What about Mystique? That's a that's a tough one. Mystique? That could be a tough. Do you think her motivations are correct? I mean, okay, movie mystique, comic mystique. Yeah, there's different. She's a master. She's a master manipulator that always gets it getting manipulated by somebody else. Yeah. I just like I always found that kind of ironic. Like your ability is you could turn into anybody and you can manipulate them, but you're always being manipulated. I really, really need you to just chill out and like, (laughs) (laughs) like. Maybe you shouldn't do this anymore. I uh, I just looked up a list. One of them I uh, got is uh, Roy Batty and the rest of the uh, the illegal um, synthoids in Blade Runner. They just want to live out their lives, but they're uh, being hunted down because they're an obsolete unit. Okay. Good question, Jeff. I think uh, I think we've kind of covered it. We don't, we, that was, that's a lot of villains who could technically be correct. Okay, have you guys seen Snowpiercer? No. Okay. You should. I think it's hitting, I think it's going to be back on Netflix um, next month, so you can probably get easily somewhere from that. Alright. Uh, next question on the list comes from our friend Hannah. 
What was the plot twist you absolutely hated or saw coming? She said, we don't have to do this because of spoilers. And I'm like, well, I can't think of anything that's recent that we're going to be spoiling. So we're, we're going to do this anyway. What's a plot twist you absolutely hated? I can tell you the first plot twist that came to mind when this came up. And that was freaking Hancock. Did you guys see that movie? Yes. Oh, in the yeah. theater. Yes. When the plot twist happened, I hated the movie and I never turned back from it. That they're angels, but they're in love or they spend time together. They lose their powers. Yes, it was so stupid. You had a great idea with just being a hobo scummy superhero who's drunk and everything. You could have made the movie out of that and they tried to make it more than what it was. Horrible plot twist took me out of the entire movie. I was liking the movie up until then. And then I was done. I was absolutely done. I think it would have been better had she been like a the reverse, like an actual bad guy or something. And that probably would have had leg to stand on. Yeah. But now that ruined that entire movie for me. Um, OK, here's another one that I just I just thought of the mist, the Stephen King story. The worst ending to a movie ever is when. He realizes that he killed everybody thinking that they were dead and that help was right around the corner. And as soon as I saw that, I said, fuck this movie. I never watching this again. And I promptly deleted it off my hard drive. Terrible. I can't say. All that right. Well, there's the, new, the newer one with Tom Jane, right? Have uh, it was just the, the feature length one. I haven't seen the show, which I've heard is actually was actually decent, but. I, I can't say that it I saw it coming, but I still approved. And that was Endgame. When uh when Thanos went to go snap and he realized he didn't have any of the stones. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, but it's the best plot twist ever. Yeah. What about twists that were so obvious that you knew it before you even went into the theater? Like Benedict Cumberbatch is John Harrison in Star Trek 2. I'm like, no, that motherfucker's con. <laughs> yeah. And also, oh, look, Terminator 2, right? They wanted the big reveal to be Arnold is good this time, but you don't know it, and then the freaking trailers are like, he's back, but he's good this time. And you're just like, that could have been the best scene in movie history with him rolling up on young Edward Furlong with the shotgun and the roses. And you're like, well, that kid's fucked. <laughs> but no, you've seen previews for three months telling you that Arnold's going to be good this time. Yeah. yeah. Even with that knowledge, it was still better than the first one. And to me, in my opinion, it's still the best Terminator movie. Terminator 2. Oh, God. Terminator 2 is a masterpiece. So we could do an entire segment on M. Night Shyamalan twists. (laughs) But yeah, as far as like bad plot, I can't think of a plot twist that I saw it coming. Oh, I usually the ones that I I like is the ones that I see like five minutes before the twist happens. Like, have you seen Shutter Island? No. Shutter Island was good. Yeah, I caught the twist like five, ten minutes before it actually happened. 
Yeah, you can that's... tell me what it is. I don't care. I'm not going to see it, so it, it's actually worth seeing. Um, but um, it's uh, DiCaprio is a guy in, in an insane asylum, and they're giving him one last chance to cl- cl- clear up. Otherwise, they're they're just gonna have to kill him. Okay, and basically they're having him solve the murder that he committed or whatever. So, long, so the long story short is, uh, his wife snapped one day and uh, drowned her, their children, and then he got home, saw what happened, and killed her, and then put himself in an insane asylum. Mm. Is that a trying, bad plot, plot twist, though? Or no? So the plot twist is we learned that uh, we think he's a, a, a special like FBI agent or a cop coming to to. Uh, investigate like a disappearance and stuff and think creepy things keep happening and it's all manufactured to get him to say he's not crazy anymore and he's okay but he it ends up being revealed that he's there because he killed his wife who killed the kid and it's his one last chance and he knows what happened and he knows what he did and he knows he's technically not crazy or insane but he chooses to commit and get killed Mm. at the end okay so I thought of a plot twist that I didn't hate the plot twist but I hated the movie ending and I know the plot twist would have been better in the director's cut and that was I Am Legend I liked the plot twist and it turns out that the the creatures are actually actually have their own society and are intelligent but then when Will Smith you know kills himself and the movie ends I was like well that sucked and then I saw the director's cut, and I'm like, yep, that's why director's cuts are almost always better. Like the Snyder cut, damn it. Yep. And that's the uh, Omega Man, Last Man on Earth, right? That's like the third version of that movie. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, here's a good one. This one is from our friend Brian Leon, our patron pal. What is your guilty pleasure movie that is universally hated, but you enjoy it regardless? I think we all have a guilty pleasure movie, right? I love those B schlock sci-fi monster movies. They're all absolutely terrible. The graphics are terrible, but they're so they're so stupid that I'll sit down and watch it regardless. So I'm like, oh my god, this is awful. But I'm having fun. <laughs> um, Mine has got to be Hackers. Oh, yeah? You ever seen the movie Hackers? I have not, no. I have not seen it, no. It's fucking terrible. But I fucking love it. I'm trying to... Uh... Angelina Jolie, I believe, is in it. I'm trying to... Okay, let me pull up the movie list real quick. Swordfish. The Swordfish. That's Swordfish. Um, but I love Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Suck it. Yeah? I don't care. I don't care! I still have fun with those, yeah. 
I still have fun with this. What about a, you know what? I got one. Um, Phantom Menace. I still like Phantom Menace. I have fun watching Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Nobody else a, hates. Nobody really hates Phantom Menace. No, they only think they do because the internet told them to. Everybody it's the same just, thing with Nickelback. It's the, they only hate Jar Jar. I get it, but that character's not for us. I I understand that. Yeah. You know what's a movie that's actually pretty hated overall, but it's still a staple of my childhood, and I'll defend it to death? Space Jam. Oh, Space Jam is awesome. Who hates Space a Jam? Lot of, a lot of people do. A lot of people hate Space Jam. Do they hate it, or do they just hate the R. Kelly song now? No, they actually think the movie is not good. But I think it's fantastic. So I will. I will watch that to death. Oh, yeah, dude. Space Jam. Oh, yeah. Wow. Check out you that. Cast, Michael, Michael Jordan be really, really good in one scene and just got awful the next one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Though. Uh, here. Another movie that's awful, but I still like it is the original Power Rangers movie. I mean, it is pretty bad, but it's, it's, even, it's pretty movie. campy and bad for Power Rangers, even. Yeah, but it's still fun. Still want to watch it. I mean, yeah. I'm a Power Rangers guy, so I mean, I think my ultimate guilty pleasure movie though is probably Cloverfield. Cloverfield's that's good. well, it's it's very panned, and I understand why people don't like it. And the idea behind it and the found footage genre is very hit or miss, depending on how we're doing it. Because every film wants to be found footage now and they all can't be. Well, that was and thankfully th that was like at, that was at the, its peak of found footage era, uh, which I'm happy it's gone because. Yeah, I, me too. I can appreciate the Blair Witch Project. But fuck, I cannot deal with shaky cam. I know it's terrible, and I'm I'm glad that 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 fad is pretty much done. But if you're gonna go for a giant monster movie, do something different. This is a monster movie told from the point of view of the people trapped in the initial attack who don't know what's going on. So I will make that a guilty pleasure movie. All right. Good question there. Didn't they have uh, one from, with, like, um, sorry, a found footage with no, heroes in it? I can't remember the name of it. Chronicle. Chronicle. What would, would happen if kids got superpowers and how would they abuse them? It was so good. Chronicle was pretty good. Yeah, I dug Chronicle. Okay, from Matt Hardman, the Race Nerd Podcast patron. What's been your favorite non-actor cameos in films? Well, he says films and TV, but we got to stick to films because that's the theme here. Hmm. Of course, Stanley is going to come up. Yeah, Stanley's number one. I loved. <laughs> this is another campy movie, but I love it. I loved all the cameos they got for basketball. 
<laughs> Some of the best cameos were just how many athletes they got to appear in a movie about a fake sport that objectively is not that great of a movie, but I still love it. But they got so many cameos in there. So many freaking cameos. All these people playing themselves. <laughs> I think Reggie Jackson is my favorite one, though. I don't have your fucking ball. <laughs> okay, just wanted to say good luck next year. Yeah, that's... When, if you're going to do a movie and throw in, throw in a random cameo... It has to be a fun, has to be a fun cameo. Uh, you know, I can't think of like, I, there's a movie that has a lot of cameos that I really fucking love, but they're all actors and I can't remember the name of the movie now, but it's a James Franco, Seth Rogen movie about the end of the world. This is the end. We saw it in theaters together. Yes, this is the end. And we even talked about it last week on the show. (laughs) Listen, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, you know what the, the problem is <laughs> this is it this is the end and at world's end i always get those two mixed up and i feel like they came out at the same fu- the same year didn't they this probably is the end world's end? i don't know i always get them mixed i up. saw one of those reviews in the theater but michael sarah's fucking uh michael sarah and emma uh, emma watson in that, that their cameo. Oh my god, fucking perfect. Hermione just came in and kicked her ass. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. James Franco does yeah. these things where like, man, sometimes it's gold, but sometimes I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I don't really consider this person an actor because they're a game show host. But what about Bob Barker and Happy Gilmore? Mm. How freaking great was that cameo? The price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's those are probably some of the best the best cameos that you're going to get. I'm sure there's plenty more, but off the top of my head. Well, I mean, oh. there's the ones, there's the things that are made for cameos, like Muppet movies and stuff. There's the oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff for cameos. There's um, Peter Jackson in Hot Fuzz. He plays Santa Claus and he stabs Sergeant Angel in the hand. And that was Peter Jackson. Was that and then really? Stephen Colbert is in The Hobbit. Oh, I know he was fucking freaking out. Have you ever, like, seen him talk about Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit? Yes. Yeah. I- Damn right I have. Puts me to fucking shame, dude. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure the man has memorized every fucking page and can tell you what word is in what sentence on what page. He loves All those right. fucking movies. I- Talk about hidden, hidden nerd, but not really hidden. <laughs> so at this point... Um, I opened it up to a free-for-all to get more questions in, and Brian and Hannah each submitted one more question each to close out the segment. For Brian's, what movie that has not gotten a modern or recent remake do you think needs or deserves one? So, 
A lot of people have issues with remakes in general, although sometimes remakes can surpass the original, depending on how you're doing it and what you're doing it with source material wise. So can you think of something that would actually be worthy of a remake? You mentioned one today, actually, that I think would be worthy of a remake. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Too bad that will never happen. I know, but it it needs to happen. Like, I I want it to happen. I don't know if I'd want a remake, but I'd be down with a sequel. I'd be okay for a remake, like a retelling. Right, don't make it a a one-for-one copy. Put your own spin on it. But, like... I mean, it is based on a book. You can do another version of it. Yeah, because the book is widely different. Yes. Widely different, so... Okay. I got one where I would... I kind of... I really want to see it get remade, but I also kind of don't want it, and that's so green. I'd be down with that. I'd be down with that. Because, I mean, it's black and white old, so, like... Yeah. Do something modern with that. Um... I... I would love to see... Some of those B movie horror movies that actually could have been have potential. Do a remake of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but do it like how they changed up Pennywise. Make it a terrifying movie instead. I mean, you can't tell me you wouldn't want to see that. I would totally see that, and I would totally invite Katie and tell her that it's like a, a Disney Pixar movie. Yeah, she'll kill you. She'd be too busy crying. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there are some great classic, classic movies that got remade, but the remake sucked. War of the Worlds, Day the Earth Stood to Still. Those are terrible, terrible remakes. You know, what franchise would you bring back? Would you bring back, like, the Mr. Bean movies? Could you do those, though, today? Who would you pick to... Be in instead of Rowan Atkinson. Stephen Merchant. I don't know of anybody who'd be. Um, I mean, it looks like a swan. It's tall. It's an orange bill. <laughs> you know who you be? need a sarcastic British guy. <laughs> so, like, uh, well, I mean, who does the who could do the physical? Because like, Mr. Bean doesn't talk, right? So it's all oh. physical. Oh, I know the person. Oh, what's his name? No, from Ghostbusters, little dude. Rick Moranis? Yes. I mean, I would just get Rowan Atkinson back at that point then. Rick Moranis could do it. Yeah, he hasn't done anything since then. <laughs> Besides show up in a YouTube video of a... Uh... Yeah, he went. He stepped outside and got punched in the face, and I feel fucking sorry for him. Like, who the fuck does no. that? Guy retired from acting to raise his kids when his wife died of cancer. He is a pure soul. And somebody would punch him. That person needs to be punched. I remember reading that and I was like, what the fuck? This is why I said Thanos was right. (laughs) You know what? I I add him to the list of villains. I think, yeah, okay, he's probably right. Okay. Half. I mean, Ultron went all humans gone. (laughs) Okay. I got, I got, I got a really quick. 
<laughs> top top five Rick Moranis movies. Ready? Number five, Parenthood. Number four, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Number three, Little Shop of Horrors. Number two, Ghostbusters. Number one, Spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> I love that list. Little Shop of Horrors is like so underrated, too. I love that fucking movie. You know I'm what? Gonna up, I'm going to put up the um, Bob and Doug McKenzie movie, Strange Brew. Well, I've never seen it, so. I went with stuff I've seen, damn it. Shout out to Big Bully. As well. That was good. I've actually not seen Little Giants. Unfortunately, I have seen the live action Flintstones movie, and I did not really like it. I did see Little Giants. I liked it. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't great it wasn't bad it wasn't bad it just didn't feel like it was a comedy movie so you know what i would actually do some remakes of a movies that could have been better like that uh that aragon movie i've never seen it but all i've ever heard is how much people lost the plot on it what about things like the league of extraordinary gentlemen or a remake of Spawn. I like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I liked it too. You, you know are, who else? You did <laughs> a lot of people didn't, but <laughs> including Sean Connery, apparently. Yes, because he retired right after that. Oh yeah, I love the story. He did that movie because he uh, was offered Lord of the Rings and said I didn't understand it, so I didn't take it. I was offered The Matrix, but I didn't understand it, so I didn't take it. And he's like. If he was going to be in Lord of the Rings of the Matrix, who would he be? And you realize he would be Gandalf or he would have and in the Matrix. He would have been Morpheus. I don't know if I could picture him as Morpheus. I feel like the Morpheus casting was perfect. Oh, you can take the red pill and be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What you just did was an SNL skit, and that's fucking perfect, too. Oh shit! <laughs> hey, this is here's a, here's a good one. What about Streetcar Named Desire? Dan and I just reviewed a Simpsons episode that did a, a musical version of it. Yeah. That's never been remade. Yeah, I figured there's like a one every twenty years, but I guess not. What about the Warriors? You could do that in a modern setting. Modern. It would be. I, it would be very different. I think. Uh, if it was modern, then it would be guns and stuff. And I think it's important that it's just them punching people. And like the worst thing that comes out is maybe a knife or a baseball bat. Okay, well, then I guess you can just keep the time period. See, I think what's important right now is that we don't touch these movies uh, and like remake them. I feel like we now have a platform where all of these comic book movies are like comic books are becoming movies. We should touch on other like characters, right? We have so many. Please do not, for the love of God, tell me Spider-Man's origin story ever again. <laughs> I am done with this fucking origin story, right? Like, move on. Pick another character. Tell me their origin story, or or something. But stop making the same shit. That's how I feel. All right. Well, we got a pretty good list out of that one. And then the last question is from Hannah. 
If a movie was being made about your lives, what kind of movie would you want it to be and who would play you? Mine would be a comedy of errors. And, well, if you want an actor that looks like me, the guy who plays Victor Crumb in Harry Potter would be the one. But who would play me? Probably a Michael Sarah or Jesse Eisenberg. Little nerd who's kind of an a-hole. Hmm. Eric, who would play you? Um, Michael Sarah or Jonah Hill? <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. Yeah, Eric. I, okay. <laughs> um, and it would. Michael Sarah plays me. Jonah Hill plays you, and that's the buddy the buddy duo film right there. Yeah, pretty much. Or, or I mean, we are older now, right? So if it's modern day, it'd probably be Simon Pegg and uh, and Nick Frost. Nick Frost, done. Yeah, and honestly, our lives are basically. Back in the day, I would have said my life was a lot like super bad. It would have been super bad, basically. <laughs> All right, Dan, who plays you in your lifetime movie? My lifetime movie. <laughs> a lifetime movie. Who else is going to get the rights to our movies? I would. It's going to end up being like Jonah Hill or Josh Gad. Josh Gad. Well, there you have it. Um, I can't. Uh, I have a funny fucking story to tell you, but I have to censor most of it. <laughs> but the people who know will know, and I will make sure that the story itself will get will come across. All right. Oh, wait, when we started, I thought we were still waiting on Dan to pick. Is, is it John? No, he, he picked. He okay. picked. You're up, buddy. Oh, man. I will. How should I start this? While I was working at a specific theme park that had a ride that was about movies, um, we would get VIP people who would go through a different entrance, and I am not used to seeing Josh Gab. I can I can hear him in a lot of things, especially Olaf, which was driving me nuts because Frozen's across the street, so I hear his voice a lot, <clears throat> and um. Well, one day this tour guide person was like, hey, I have somebody that I need to bring in through here. And I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't ask who. This is not my business. I don't care. And I'm like, how many do you have? And like four. And I'm like, all right, cool. So this person comes. He looks familiar, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't know who he is. But somehow we're waiting for like the actual pre-show to be over before I can open the door so I don't ruin anything. Um, he starts talking about like uh, things and he's just like well do you like Olaf and I was like oh god no his voice is annoying and I said that right to Josh Cap. <laughs> <laughs> I was just and I, and he's just like what I just like I mean imagine being here for like 
10 to 12 hours day hearing Olaf singing about summer. And it's hot as balls outside. And I didn't realize why the people he was with were laughing their ass off. Like, dying, dude. Like, I thought I had killed them with this comedy. And I'm feeling pretty proud of myself because I didn't think it was that funny. Until they got on the ride and the tour guide person was like, you know that was Josh Gad, right? And I was just like, oh, excuse me while I go kill myself. God damn it. <laughs> 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 oh god that is great it is great oh my god it was so awkward too I was like damn but his oh man the people I made them cry dude they were laughing that hard what's funny is I would have recognized Josh Gad in person because I knew who he was because I had been a fan of Book of Mormon and he was the original. When I heard that Josh Gad got cast in a Disney movie, I was laughing because at the time that was the only thing I knew him from. I'm like, well, that's that's going to be kind of awkward, but turned out it was pretty cool. Oh, my God, that is that is awesome. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that story. Oh, I was so. Uh, that was that was pretty much after that. I just went on lunch and I was like, nobody talks to me. I just need to be alone for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's discuss some stuff happening in uh, in nerd news here before we close up today's episode because we are approaching the magical two hour mark um real quick we we talked about dan watching dragon ball z uh, eric are you watching anything recently because i got a couple of things i am re-watching um <clears throat> full metal alchemist brotherhood okay because apparently there's some episodes that i i had missed and i had skipped over so oh, I, oh. I did a restart <clears throat> So I've started watching Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. This was recommended to me by a mutual friend who loves Jurassic Park. And I'm like, OK, so I know it's a Netflix show. It's supposed to be for kids, but it takes place in the Jurassic World universe. So why not? Why not give it a try? And it's surprisingly good. Now, it's it's. Kind of like watching Avatar The Last Airbender in that you remember it's for kids. So it is a little awkward with some of the way that they approach things and do things and say things. But it is kind of ballsy considering that they flat out kill a guy right on camera. <laughs> yes, it's Jurassic World, but like. They show this guy running in terror from the Indominus Rex. The Indominus Rex corners him and gets him. And they actually, yes, the death happens behind a bush. But for a kid show, that's actually still pretty ballsy. And I was I wasn't sure what the time frame on it was, but the uh, the first season at least takes place during the events of the first Jurassic World movie. With the Indominus Rex breaking out and the kids 
kind of getting left behind on the island due to the chaos. There's two more seasons. I think there's going to be a fourth and final season, but it's actually pretty cool. Hmm. Pretty cool. Watched on a recommendation, ended up liking it. I finished Yu Yu Hakusho. So I've now seen the entire series. I need to go back and rewatch that. The ending went in a different direction that I was expecting, but I ended up really liking the direction they went in because it wasn't predictable. So, and it has a satisfying ending. So I, I dug it. I'm also still going through my rewatch of Nickelodeon Zareal Monsters, one of my favorite Nicktoons. I'm on the third season now for the rewatch. Uh, this is where the episodes get, start to become a little more forgettable because they're just not as classic as what we've already what we've already seen, but still some quality stuff to see before the show wraps up. All right. Uh, Dan, what about you? What have you been watching recently? Uh, just, you know, I started Dragon Ball and then just every week catching Loki and catching uh, Bad Batch, which I'm probably uh, yes. going to watch right after we stop this show. Yes, awesome. I have. Uh, I, I am caught up on Loki and Bad Batch right now. We won't do full on reviews because I don't want to take thunder away from our friends over at the binge cast that are doing that. But damn, but Loki. But damn, Loki. Loki's very good. Loki's really good. Bad Batch is surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. Now, the last episode of Loki, I'm not I'm not going to touch on anything, but did it not feel like a, just a, a Marvel episode of Doctor Who? Yeah. 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 Okay. I just wanted to make sure, because I just think this is like, this is Doctor Who. I mean, I'm okay with it, <laughs> because Doctor Who is not like really playing right now but it's doctor who (laughs) (laughs) i got them doctor who vibes yeah it's some good stuff um and then did everybody see the premiere of rick and morty yes we all saw it okay cool so yeah so for you guys out there that are rick and morty fans Rick and Morty is back, and the three of us have discussed doing a show similar to Stupid Sexy Podcast and Pokecast, where we do every Rick and Morty episode. I think we can definitely get on that at some point, although there aren't that many episodes. I mean, it would be easy to do. Be easy to catch up. He controls the police. Controls the police. What is your favorite Rick and Morty episode? Hmm. I know it's tough, right? I still think my favorite one is the Rick Lantis mix up where we go to the Citadel of Ricks and see all the different Ricks and Mortys and they tell like the anthology story. Big, big fan of that episode. I like I mean, (sighs) my favorite Morty episode is the the Vada Acid one. So it's so great. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking perfect. I don't know what my favorite Rick episode is. What about, uh, um, uh, blanking on the, the title here, but with the one with all the characters, Total Rickall. 
total recall. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Ooh, wee. We're here to help, Rick. Whatever you say. And then she shoots him. And he's like, well, I'm sorry we never had a negative. <laughs> I'm sorry we never had a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mr. Poopy Butthole. Such a great show. Oh, yeah. She's real. She's my bitch of a sister. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm in. You know what episode's from? Season two, and that ep- that episode aired six years ago. <laughs> right? Fucking show. It takes so the pilot. Long. The pilot episode of Rick and Morty aired December second, twenty thirteen. Have you guys seen yeah, their it's... other show, um, Solar Opposites? Yes. I have no. Seen. No. You should watch it. It's fun. It's not as good as Rick and Morty, but it's fun. I've heard it's like Rick and Morty light. Yeah. It, it's Rick and Morty that get paid by Hulu. I dropped the pupa. Earth <laughs> is stupid. The, yeah, so, dude, they, they do a cold opening like every single time. Like non-scripted cold opening. It's, it's oh, fucking that's hilarious. Great. Like the, the so, video is the same. Sorry, the video is the same, but the like the wording and stuff like that is is, is always different. Uh, I wanted to touch on this real quick because it was on it was on the top of my head. But when you mentioned the vat of acid episode, that's my season four go to rewatch episode because it's my favorite episode from that season. And my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, oh, going to watch Rick and Morty. Let me guess the vat of acid episode. So I fire back at her. I'm like, oh, you're going to watch Rick and Morty. Let me guess Morty's mind blowers. Because that's her favorite episode. That's what she always goes back to. <laughs> a great episode, but you know, we all have that. We all have that episode that we that we always go back to. That's the thing, right? Like the pickle Rick thing was a funny joke, and while the episode is entertaining, it's not the it's not the best episode from that season. No, but it's not bad either. That's the that's the best part about it. No, it's not. But I like Rick Shank Redemption, Vindicators, Morty's Mind Blowers, and Rick Lannis mix up probably all better than I like Pickle Rick. So Pickle Rick is probably number five on on my list if I'm ranking the seasons. Speaking of future uh, Chris Ranks the Universe coming up, we're going to start doing some Rick and Mortys. Let me guess, Eric, do you want to sit in on those? You son of a bitch, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll be we'll be touching on those pretty soon, too. Um, and then I have a couple other shows I have on my uh, my queue right now for rewatch or going to watch. Uh, I'm going to do a full rewatch of Cowboy Bebop and Trigun. Just because we've been talking so much about them, um, I will finally sit down and watch The Boys and Invincible because those have been recommended so hard. So I'll be happy to share my progress on this show with you guys. And uh, I think I'll finally sit down and watch the last two seasons of Castlevania. Kind of slacking on those, so. I need to start that. I, I watched the first season, and that was it. <laughs> so you watched four Season's episodes. In, yeah, yeah, it's four episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's a nice, easy watch, because it's four seasons, and it's a grand total of 32 episodes. So it's not it's not a hard watch. Then and I still then have anything Kelsey. you guys are uh, anything you guys are playing, any new video games? 
Oh man, where to start with the video games? Holy shit, so much came out. Um, <clears throat> you got Scarlet Nexus that came out like on the 24th, so two days ago from this recording. There's uh, the Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis came out. Which you had me get. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's free to play, so, you know. Well, yeah, it's my favorite price, so. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things. I picked up the a game called Liftoff to help me learn how to fly drones because it's a drone simulator. Um, okay. I, I, I thought about buying a drone and I was just like, it's $600 or I could pay 20 bucks and get a simulator and at least get a better feel for it before I wreck a $600 drone, you know? <laughs> yeah, I would probably do the same thing, too. So all in all, like there's been a lot of games that have been out, but I've been playing the same shit over and over again. So it's basically been like Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Fantasy Star Online 2, New Genesis, League of Legends, and um, Godfall. Oh, and Outriders, because I still need to beat that. My friend Tim, he's on Instagram, Tim underscore white. And he was not sadly, he's not going to hear this little plug for him but if you follow him on instagram he takes uh photos with his drone he has some beautiful beautiful photos that he's taken just flying his drone over areas in Lidditz, pennsylvania see i can't fly anywhere over here because it's all regulated so i i can get one of these little toy drones like they're called fpv drones it's first person view flying so it feels like you're in the cockpit, which means I have to be wearing those uh, goggles or whatever. And it's it's something else, man. I've never played a game where I literally get motion sickness. <laughs> it, it, I haven't experienced that since like. What was that game for the 64? Perfect Dark. Yeah, there, there was something about Perfect Dark that made me get motion sickness. And I have a person perspective, kind of shaky. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I'm um, good with any other first person shooter games or any of like, yeah, any game that's in first person view, I'm okay with. But this one, holy shit. And I don't know if it's because I'm playing it at like 165 frames per second. So it's like buttery smooth. But like, I was like, oh, after like 40 minutes, I was like, I'm done. I can't play anymore. Somewhere. All right. So we got a lot going on here, guys. We're going to we're getting towards the end of the episode here. I just want to quickly remind everybody this is episode 45 for episode 50. That will be in five weeks time. We're going to do a special live episode. You guys can interact with us. When we get when we have the exact date and time, we will announce it. So stay tuned. Join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash the nerd table pod. So you can interact with us, ask us questions and farewell to Conan O'Brien, who has officially retired from late night talk show hosts. I think that's the last real like piece of news I got there. Um, other than that, I'm pretty much wrapped up here. You guys hungry? I literally ate before we went. So. Same, but I am Not really. tired. But I am tired. Okay, that's the other thing we are. So we will we'll catch you guys next week for another edition of The Nerd Table. Remember, ask us questions, give us top 10 challenges, and we will respond. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. See ya.